your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And a lot to get to today. It was a pretty uh, busy weekend in terms of the, I guess, rumor mill. So the Avalanche are kind of involved like a team in their position usually would be teams that are kind of, you know, on the cusp of great things like we expect the Avalanche to have. Usually if a name is being thrown out there that's available, uh, a team like the Avalanche will be associated with them. So there's two guys that were talked about over the weekend. We will get to that. Uh, We will get to our poll results in uh, assessing and grading Mr. Samuel Gerard for his 2019-2020 season. And uh, we're going to skip our uh, our draft class uh, for today at least just because there was a lot going on and I don't want the show to go insanely long like, you know, a show that I do with Adam from Locked on Lightning. So we can uh, get to some more dra- uh, draft prospects for tomorrow's show. And also, the first thing that I wanted to talk about was did the Avalanche have an opportunity here to kind of maybe take over in the short term anyway uh the the hearts and the minds of the denver sports faithful with the struggles from the denver broncos so we'll get to all of that stuff so uh first things first please follow the show on social media outlets where you can interact uh with me and the show and like any of the polls that we put up like the uh, sam gerard poll and um, you can follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche. And send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. All right. Uh, so the Broncos thing is the first thing I wanted to bring up. Just because it's I'm recording this shortly after their loss. Third loss of the season. And did not look good. And I'm not going to go into breaking down the Broncos game. That's Cody's job at Locked On Broncos, which you should definitely tune into. But what I do want to talk about is, is this is this a moment, is this an opportunity right now for the Avalanche to kind of slide in there and take some of that that viewership, some, some of that love for, for Denver sports and Colorado sports away from football. Football is king, and it probably will be for a very long time. Um, while... You know, hockey ratings are good, uh, and they were very good for this this postseason and continue to be. I haven't really seen anything about the Stanley Cup, but in general, the the Stanley Cup playoffs or the the entirety of the Stanley Cup playoffs has done well, and viewership kind of holds. You know, when you can have crowds, you know, there are usually sellouts around the league. Is it the level of football? No, and I am not trying to suggest that. You know the Avalanche will overtake uh, the Broncos in in the love of you know Colorado sport teams, but if you look at 
the the struggles of the Broncos, which are very real right now. And I've been watching the Broncos for a very, very long, my entire life, I've been a Bronco fan. And they've even if they have had off seasons and down seasons when they they missed the playoffs, usually they in their games they are always competitive. And you could say like right now this game that they just had against Tampa, they were not competitive. Maybe they were competitive in the first two games. I'll grant you that, but they just they just have the look of a team that's going to struggle for. I say the foreseeable future, and I don't mean that's going to be a very long time, like a decade or anything like that. With free agency, a team can can turn around in the blink of an eye. We've seen it being Avalanche fans, having the dumpster fire season, and then next year making the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the Broncos really are, you know, when, when you think of sport teams in the state of Colorado, you think Broncos. Just like most sport states and sport teams when you think of uh, that that state and those teams within that state, you usually naturally gravitate towards the football team. In some rare instances, maybe not so much. Uh, but for the most part, fo- like I said, football rules. So for the short term, because Denver is struggling and by all accounts probably will struggle the rest of this season with so many of their key players being out for the year, does this give people maybe maybe people who are very just hardcore so much football focused and they want something to root for for the the Colorado sport teams do they turn their attention to hockey i know basketball like look at what the nuggets said did i mean they just got eliminated but i don't watch nba i'm not really like that big on nba i was when i was a kid now not so much but because, you know, sports have come back and they, they were gone for a long time, I'm kind of just consuming a lot of sports right now for the fear that we get them canceled out again. So I can kind of like get my fill, get my sport meter kind of filled before uh, if and when this does get everything gets shut down again. And I watched those Denver Nugget games and those were exciting games. They are an exciting team. So. Include the Nuggets in this too. And it seems like the Nuggets have, have taken some of that. They've taken some of that thunder from the Broncos because the Broncos are going to be a struggling team this year. They're 0-3 right now. There's no sign of life. Uh, there's no real sign of it that they're going to really turn this around because they have so many injuries. Where have we heard uh, so many injuries from? Uh, being Avalanche fans, we were used to that this year, but we had a good season with all the injuries we have. Speaks to what our franchise has been doing with stockpiling our young talent and bringing them up at the right time and playing a good game. Uh, it doesn't work that way in football. So I don't know. I, I think I think if the Avalanche were playing right now, I think you might get some people turning and saying, oh, let's take a look at hockey because the Broncos aren't really going to do it for me because they're really not involved. Uh, Does not having a preseason hurt them? Sure. I mean, but that's true for all the other teams. So the other teams, some other teams look really good. The Broncos just don't look like a good team right now. And I, I, I think, like I said, if the hockey season was going on right now for the avalanche, anyway, we know the Stanley Cups are being played, but, um, if the Avalanche were playing right now, I think uh, some people might turn to them. And in the regular uh, world, I guess, without coronavirus, we would have a season starting very soon. 
And that would have matched up perfectly for people to say, well, the Avalanche are, are their season's right around the corner. Uh, maybe I'll just give them a look early on in the season. Maybe I'll get interested in, in hockey. Uh, but, you know, now we have to wait until who knows when, November, December, maybe later. But, uh, but so that definitely hurts that they're not playing while the Broncos are struggling. But uh, may, maybe once the season does come around, I think you, you might get some people turning their. They definitely turn their attention to the Nuggets. Uh, so I and I think you know getting those new fans in because the Denver Broncos are struggling. I think it really could happen. I think it happens. So uh, they're they're a great team and they deserve some notoriety. More notoriety, not some. They have some. Uh, they deserve more. So we'll see. Interesting discussion. So the other thing that we will get to is there are two players that have been thrown around in avalanche circles like normal when, like I said in the beginning, when a team is on the the cusp of some maybe some special things, those teams will get thrown around in the conversation with players who are free agents or going to be free agents or come trade deadline, things like that. Uh, and two of those guys came out over the weekend, Tori Krug and Patrick Laine. And we will talk about them on the difference between those two guys and if the Avalanche should look at one or either and if they would even want to come to Colorado. So we'll talk about all that stuff after we hear from Built Bar and from GamerGoo. So BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is the great and healthy energy nutrition bar for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, while being high in protein and high in fiber. And they are great if you are on the keto diet these things taste fantastic they taste just like a candy bar and are much better for you than your regular candy bar most bars have 19 grams of protein 180 calories 5 grams of sugar 5 grams of net carbs and with flavors like coconut almond caramel brownie cookies and cream apple almond crisp salted caramel mint brownie banana bread should i go on uh, definitely go to lot or excuse me, go to builtbar.com, enter the promo code locked on, and you will get $10 off of your next order. That is builtbar.com. Enter the promo code locked on, and $10 comes off of your order. Also, GamerGoo, if you are deeply embedded in some hefty video games and i know the ps5 is coming out very soon and if your hands are clamming up with anticipation slap on some gamer goo gamer goo is the hand lotion created for gamers an antiperspirant for your hands while you are playing some heated multiplayer designed to offer optimal gaming performance the specially formulated gamer goo keeps hands dry cool and sweat free you can choose from six different scents peppermint cinnamon orange cherry blossom vanilla sugar or teakwood go to gamergoo.com and enter the promo code LOA that's for locked on avalanche and 10% comes right off of your order so check it out, GamerGoo.com and BuiltBar.com. All right, 
So yeah, players are kind of uh, we're, we're in that mode of wheeling and dealing and free agents and trades happening. So uh, the Avalanche are in the mix again. The Colorado Avalanche have, or they seem to have been in this mix. Whenever you know the offseason comes or the trade deadline comes, it seems like the Avalanche are a team that gets thrown in there for multiple reasons. They're a team on the rise. Uh, they have cap space. They're well positioned. They have assets if they wanted to get rid of them. So everything always lines up for the Colorado Avalanche to be a team that is a buyer at the trade deadline or in free agency. And as we've said many times in the show, it hasn't really turned out that way. Joe Sackick has really kind of just played things not, I guess you could say he plays them safe because he keeps the guys that he inherited. He drafted these guys for a reason. He traded four guys for a reason, and then he doesn't like to let go of them. Uh, Maybe it's a stubborn way to do business, but it seems to be working. So when guys like Tory Krug and Patrick Laine get thrown around, does that change your mindset? I think it might with Patrick Laine. I mean, that is a, a phenomenal talent that you would like to have. Tory Krug is a great talent that you would like to have as well. The difference is with Krug, you are acquiring the rights to deal with him. He's a restricted free agent, so you would have to give up something with no guarantee that he wants to sign with you. I don't know if you can have conversations with him beforehand. That would make things easier, uh, but I, I honestly don't know that. Because if if that was the case and the Avalanche were interested, they could have conversations with him right now to have a, a contract negotiation and then give up whatever you want to give up, which is draft picks, which are usually, you know, third, fourth round draft picks just to be able to negotiate. It's almost like in uh, baseball, you know, when, when, when baseball teams pay for the right to negotiate, like these players coming over from uh, Japan, they're paying like $20 million just to negotiate with the guy. Uh, These are draft picks. You're, you're not giving up first or second. Typically you're giving up third and fourth. So uh, the Avalanche are involved in that. And apparently there's four teams that are involved and they are, let me see. I know, I know Colorado is one of them. Detroit is another one, which is apparently where he grew up. Uh, Vegas is another one. And Florida, Florida making moves or trying to anyway, uh, is, is the fourth team. So those are the four teams that are involved. So is Colorado really interested or is this just a, a, another thing where, because of all the things that I stated before, they are kind of getting thrown in there. Would you would you want to bring in another offensive defenseman? Uh, I think, man, I, I I am almost willing. I I like Tory Krug. I like it. He's a a hard nosed guy. He, you know, I think people are kind of getting a little bit too hung up on his offensive mindedness. I feel like he's a good defensive player. He he kind of, you know, he emphasizes the offense for sure. Uh, but he's he's he almost would would I don't want to say he you know he's not going to replace like Zadorov or anything like that. But he is just a gritty player. So 
What were his stats for this year? 61 games played, 9 goals, 40 assists, 49 points. So, you know, another type of offensive defenseman. Do you want that? I would almost feel like if you can't, I know, and then again, with the Avalanche being involved in everything, Petrangelo is obviously going to be out there. If you had the the option to do either Krug or Petrangelo, I think the numbers will be kind of close because Krug is going to get a, a boost in pay this year. I think he did six something last year. Let me look it up quick. Uh, no, he was around five. Okay, so he's getting an increase. Petrangelo apparently wants around nine. So I would think crew uh, and I haven't really looked up anything on on what he's wanting if there's anything even like that out there like there is with Petrangelo. My guess is Krug would is going to want if he's in like the 5 range now, he's going to want 7, 8 maybe, 8 8 I think would be on the high end for him. And this is con- completely guessing. So, okay, you, you do you want to save a couple million? Would be my guess because I, I cannot imagine Krug would be in the nine range. Uh, so say say we'll, we'll just go with seven, and Petrangelo wants nine. Would you pay the extra two million for a guy like Petrangelo and the style he plays, or save a couple million and you know give that to Tori Krug in the way that he plays? I think it's it's a it's a good problem to have because either one of these guys. I think improves the avalanche, and, and I'm reading some kind of comments on on uh, Twitter, and people don't people are kind of like, no, stay away. We don't need another offensive defenseman. Too much like Tyson Berry, which I don't I don't think that at all. Uh, crew can play defense. Tyson Berry really didn't know what defense is, or even was. Um, so I don't get that comparison. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> I would be all right with it. Giving up a, a third or fourth. Now, the other thing is I, the third or fourth, if that's for this year, again, I don't know that for sure. That's a tr- that that's trouble because the Avalanche would then not have, if it was for this year, not have a second round pick, third round pick, or fourth round pick. If what they're giving up is a fourth round pick. Because they already don't have a second and a third. I, I would venture to guess Boston would be okay with this being next year's pick. I don't know, but just getting another pick just because you're giving another team rights to possibly sign a guy, I think you would be okay waiting another year to get that. The other guy is Patrick Laine. And and the thing with, with, with Laine is that he is under contract, but he is under that contract just for one more year. And then he becomes uh, restricted with arbitration. So his cap hit right now is uh, $6.75 million. I think that's a great price for a player of his caliber. So you would need to trade. And this kind of came up when the score put up five possible suitors for him. And again, the first team that they listed was the Colorado Avalanche. They kind of gave a mock trade, and in this trade, they would be giving up either Zadorov or Graves, not both of them, one or the other, Connor Timmons, and Tyson Jost. If you got rid of Graves 
and had this deal as Zadorov, Timmons, and Jost. I think I make that deal. I I do. I think if you you're not sold on Zadorov, Timmons is another concussion away from you know maybe his career being over. <laughs> I, I would hope not, but who knows? Uh, he just can't stay healthy. And Jost has been Jost. You know, he's one of those hit or miss players with with fans and even with the club. And he doesn't really, you know, he, he's he's inconsistent. Could it be one of those guys that goes to another club that kind of jumpstarts his career? Who knows? But he is still a top ten pick, which will hold value. But that value is dwindling. You can't keep calling him a top 10 player, you know, when he's 10 years in the league and still kind of struggling the way he is. So if you're going to move him, your window of moving him is closing. And teams are, are the way he is right now, he's still a young guy. Teams would still be willing to, to trade for someone like Tyson Jost. Are they willing to give up someone like Patrick Laine if Jost is packaged with other guys for him? I I can't I don't know I don't know where Minnesota or excuse me where Winnipeg is coming from, uh, but I know Winnipeg is looking to unload some guys, unload some contracts, get a little bit younger, even though they're a pretty young team, but they need defense, so that's why you would be giving up Zadorov and Timmins, and you know maybe even maybe they would want all three of those guys: Graves, Zadorov. And Timmons, and get three defensemen for for a winger. Um, do you do that move? the The contract is great. I mean, and and are you going in for like one year? Do you want to now become that team that that's if you bring in Krug, if you bring in Line A, and then you know some of these guys might want one year deals, like just really short term one year deals. For some reason, everybody thinks that's what Taylor Hall wants. I don't know. I, I I don't think he would want that. I think these guys want to cash in for the long term and be uh, financially secure and not risk it on one year, especially someone like Taylor Hall at the age he's at. But who knows? The Avalanche would then be going from we have our future and our next five, six years plus planned out and sustainable to now you're giving up guys and going short term. If you were to bring in someone like Line A and then Krug, but Krug you would be signing. So that's maybe a little bit long term. But now you're kind of throwing everything up in the air if you bring in multiple guys, big name guys. You're going to be bringing in guys and, you know, like bottom six guys, third pairing guys. You're going to bring bringing guys in like that. That's just the natural offseason. But if you're going to start bringing in names, now you got the target on your back and you got to perform and it might be a short window, but also it might be a short window because what are you giving up? Are you giving up too much of your, your future teams are going to be asking for Byram and new hook. You're not getting them. Those are guys that are, that are kind of, I would say untouchable, but there's other players there that the avalanche could possibly want to finagle with and, and, say goodbye to to bring in somebody short term i think even though sakic has this team set up for long term i don't think he wants to keep going year after year losing in the postseason 
and then seeing that window dwindle. I think he knows he needs to bring in some heat. And bringing in someone like Line and bringing in someone like Krug, we'll, we'll do that. We'll get you over that hump. So tell me what you guys think. This is uh, this is exciting time that we have the draft around the corner. So let me know what you think. Let me know on uh, LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. Bring in either one of those guys. Bring in neither of those guys. And if it's neither, who are you bringing in? Let me know. All right, one more piece of business to get to, and that is handing out the season grade for Mr. Sam Gerard, and we're going to do that right here. All right, last but not least, our 2019-2020 grade for Samuel Gerard. Locked on Avalanche podcast favorite player, so I think you know where we're going to go with this, but we will get to the voting on Twitter first. Uh, nobody voted D. That's good. We had some kind of jokesters out there, I guess. Uh, 8% said C, 32% said B, and 60% said A. And that's exactly where I would go with this. I think he had uh, a great season. I think he, he is performing the way that they expected him to perform when they made that deal with uh, Nashville. Or excuse me, not with Nashville. Well, I mean, yeah, it was with Nashville. I was going to say when they sent Matt Duchesne to Nashville, but clearly he went to Ottawa. But through the three-team trade, they brought him in. And I, and I think, you know, Matt Duchesne was, was a, a good player for the Avalanche. He's kind of like a whipping boy right now, and everybody kind of hates him. And kind of, you know, staring down at him, saying, look, you know, what you could have been a part of. <laughs> so, uh, but... I remember when they traded for Gerard, uh, talking with some Nashville fans that I know, saying like, "You guys got a good one." They were really sad. Not that he had really torn anything up when he was with Nashville, but they knew in the the short term that he was going to be a special player. Um, and I I have some Nashville friends that were sad to see him go. Believe it or not, and we are benefiting from that. And you know he's an undersized guy, but the way he plays defense, he's that like annoying little brother, uh, that, that just takes right routes. And, you know, he's not this massive, like checking guy. He's not gonna, he just annoys you and he, he can get into places. Other big guys like Zadorov can't get into. Um, so for this year, 70 games played. So, one of those guys that did not catch the injury bug, like so many of the Colorado Avalanche did this year. Uh, what did he have? He had four goals and 30 assists, 34 points, which was a career high for him. Playoffs? He Playoffs? What did he have? Uh, where'd it go? I think he had 10 points in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, one goal and nine assists in the playoffs, so no slouch there. I thought I thought he played very well in the playoffs. Like, they relied on he played a lot of minutes in some of these games, and he needed to. So, um, and now next year, this brand new contract kicks in for him. So, um, I think he he has been a fantastic player up until this point, and I think now getting like this brand new contract, I think he knows like all right now now it's time for me even to step up my game even more. I think he's going to start making $5 million next year per year for the next seven years. So now he's he's 
fully ingrained in the Colorado Avalanche plans for the next several seasons. And uh, yeah, I think he, he's he's one of my favorite players on the team. And and jo- we joke around and say like, oh, he won the the Lockdown Avalanche favorite player, but he genuinely was already one of my personal favorite players. So uh, I'm glad we have him locked up for years to come. I think he's only going to get better. He's 22 years old, um, and I think that the you know the the sky is the limit for him. The only thing with with him being on the Avalanche is he's going to get kind of you know shut out by players like Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon and the star power that they have. But I don't think he really cares about stuff like that. I think he goes out, he plays his game, he plays it well, and will continue to do so for the Avalanche. So. Uh, definitely a, a solid A for me, no doubt about it. And people from Twitter agree. So that is a grade for Sam Gerard for 2019, 2020 next up on our list, which will be revealed on Wednesday, but the poll will go up later today. Ryan Graves. This one will be interesting because I think if uh, we never had a postseason, I think a lot of people would be giving him A's. But a lot of people are going to downgrade him because of the the playoffs that he had or didn't have. So, yeah, he is the next one up. And we're making our way through the roster and handing out grades for 2019-2020. All right. Thank you guys for joining today. That's going to be it. Tomorrow we will get back to uh, some draft prospects. Draft is right around the corner Friday. Can't wait for that. So, uh, we'll get back to that tomorrow. And anything else that comes out, this uh, Tory Krug thing could possibly happen later today. So as far as, you know, trading his uh, signer rights away. So if that happens, we will definitely be talking about it tomorrow. That's going to be it. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow. And here's Jovi. Go, Abs, Go.